we're getting ready for the Rathiyatra. And there's a, a way in which we have many Vaishnava holidays and observances throughout the year, don't we? And one way to propel oneself from one period of time to the next and stay absorbed in Krishna consciousness is to always be getting ready for the next holy day. So let's name a few of the Vaishnava holidays that come throughout the year. This is um, going to be on your SAT. So if you want 1600, then you got to get all these right. So name a Vaishnava holiday. You started off, Shreya. Yeah. Okay, she has John Mashtami for 20 points. Okay, somebody name another one. You, what's a Vaishnava holiday that you look forward to? Huh? Ranashtami for 20 points. You did good. Okay, you name one. Ram and Sita's marriage. Very good. Okay, Ramuna? Janmashtami. Janmashtami's already taken. You got to do a different one. Ram Jayanti. Okay, Balaram Jayanti. 20 points. Yes? Holy. Huh? Holy. Holy. Okay, holy. You can score on that one. All right, your turn. Give him one. Vaishnav holiday. You, you can't tell him. You can act it out. You can act it out. Okay, what do you got? Okay, 20 points. Okay. Name another one that hasn't been named yet. A lot of, a lot of the big ones we've said so far. Go ahead. Kartik. Kartik will take it. Very good. Give it to your brother. <laughs> Name a holy day. Gita Jayanti. Haribo! Okay. okay, kids. Name a holiday. Gupuniwa. Beautiful Gunima. There you go. Okay, your turn. Give her one. No. Okay, that's a little intimidating. Okay, would you like to try? <laughs> Ram Navami. Ram Navami, is that? Very good. Okay. okay. Triti, give us another one. Nityananda Triodasi. Nityananda Triodasi. That's good. Uh, who hasn't gone yet? Pass the mic back. Oh, here we. Um, uh, Diwali. Diwali will take it. Okay. What else? Pass the mic up here. Yeah, your turn. Yes, very good. Govardhan Puja. Govardhan Puja, yes. Did you take yours? Yes, but Radhashtami. me we already got. Yes? Vishwambar is rallying over here because he's got a sponsor. Gorpurnima. Gorpurnima. Okay, so, yes, your turn. He's got his hand up way back there. Pass the mic straight back. Let's see, see what he's got for us. Ram Ramnavami already said one. Ramnavami. Need a new one. What's he saying now? How about Haridas Thakur's appearance day? Haribo. Bhaktivinoda Thakur's disappearance day. Bhaktivinoda Thakur's appearance day. Srila Bhaktivinoda appearance day. Disappearance day. 
There's a lot like that too. So, there, yes. Badra Purnima. Which? Badra Purnima. Badra Purnima. Yeah. Bahulashtami. Bahulashtami. Wow. Pretty good. The appearance of Radhakun. Yes. Gopashtami. Gopashtami. We're getting very Rasika over here. Okay. <laughs> Gorang, what do you got for us? He's on a roll. Ratha Yatra. Yeah. <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. So, all of these points in time, they're sacred times, and there's a way in which, if we're anticipating them, and we get ready for them, how do we get ready for a Rathiyatra, would you say? Besides the physical aspect of building the carts and things like that, but internally, how do we get ready? For Yathiyatra, we um, some build the carts. Besides building the carts, although that's a big thing, but I mean internally, how do we get ready for it so that we can appreciate the festival itself? I'm Jagannath Ashtakam and reading the translations to it. Helps. Yeah, and in general, what would you say? Like that's a specific thing that we do, Jagannath Ashtakam and so forth, but in general, how do we get ready for any of these holy days? in a way that we'll appreciate them once we get there, or even before we do. Um, meditating on the mood of bringing Krishna home. Yeah, for Rathiyatra, but for all of them, what would you say is a general category of getting ready for them? I'm just thinking of like Hearing. one word. Hearing. Hearing and Can't studying them, right? When, when you know what it is, when you have a deeper understanding of what's taking place, then you have this sense of actually appreciating the, the occurrence itself. Right? So what would you say about Rathiyatra? What kind of things? What, what's the internal meditation about Rathiyatra? What's, this, what's the Rathiyatra event about internally? Um, it's like the mood of separation and we're bringing like Krishna in the form of Jagannath back home to Vrindavan. Very good. See, so you know these things. If you know more, please say more. Let's mind the depths. I want to hear more what you have to say. Say some more things about the feelings of separation, where it all started, and so forth. The Rathiyatra, what's, what's it emblem, emblematic of? So, Rathiyatra is like uh, when the gopis are feeling a lot of separation from Krishna, and so they go to, and they, they basically go, and they bring him back home to Vrindavan, and that's basically like the story. Of so where do, where do they go to? Where'd the gopis go to, to bring Krishna back to somewhere? I know that's what it, it symbolizes when we're in Jagannath Puri and we're pulling the cart and we're going to where is, where is Vrindavan in Jagannath Puri? Who knows? Starts with a G. Godisha, that's right. But there is an occurrence and it's in the Bhagavatam, in the 10th canto that talks about the intensity of separation that the gopis felt, and then they came somewhere to meet Krishna, and they wanted him to come back to Vrindavan from that place. Pardon? Nope. Who said Kurukshetra? Okay, give her the mic. Say more about it. Kurukshetra, because Krishna went there to fight for Mahabharat, so gopis went there searching for Krishna. Mm, kinda. 
Let's have, yeah, here you go. Goram, tell us more about Kukshetra. Kukshetra, we've already established now, that's the place where this pastime of, that's represented by Rathayatra took place. So tell us more about what happened there at Kukshetra. So one time Krishna went to Kurukshetra and the gopis also came and they had a conversation and there was that story behind it then that um, Krishna and went to Kurukshetra and then the gopis also came to Kurukshetra for something and and they and that's how the pastime of that's how Jagannath manifested. Okay. My question is, why did Krishna go to Kurukshetra? Why? Of course, we already heard the gopis went there to Krishna. But why did Krishna go to Kurukshetra? He asked the gopis to come there. What? He asked the gopis to come there. Yeah. Gopis, Krishna, we're getting that a lot. Let's see why, what was the occasion or at least the excuse for everybody to go to Kurukshetra? Yeah, you go over here. We need some context here. It's because uh, Kamsa sent like a lot of uh, demons to like, uh, to Vindavan and like Lord Krishna had to leave Vindavan in order to protect his devotees. He went to there and he defeated all the demons so that they would not affect Vrindavan. Yeah, that's true. But I'm asking a specific question. Rishesh Rilil is going to fill us in, and then Kola Dweepo hit a six. Six are out of the park. So there was a solar eclipse, and on the occasion of the solar Are you all listening? Could you all hear? This is on your SAT. <laughs> OK, go ahead. Say it slowly, clearly, and express what, what was going on there. Yes. Everyone so, listen. Kurukshetra is actually Dharmakshetra. It's a very uh, uh, holy place. And um, solar eclipse is uh, considered to be an inauspicious uh, occurrence for um, you know, the planetary positions. So uh, as a tradition, they would go to a holy place, take a dip in a, in a, near, a nearby river. So all the, um, you know, uh, the, the, the devotees from Dwaraka, they made that trip to Kurukshetra and uh, Nanda Maharaj and all the Brajabhasis uh, also came to know that Krishna will be there so they also went there. And so when they, that was the time actually, uh, the one time that Krishna actually came back to Vrindavan on the pretext that um, he had to also uh, I think kill or, or meet someone, I forget. And and on that pretext, so the, because Dwarakavasi said, we, you cannot leave us, you know, we cannot bear the separation. So Krishna said, no, no, I will not leave you, but I have some work to do. So on that pretext, he went, but of course the inner inner reason is that he, he wanted to go back to Vrindavan. Yeah, because Danta Vakra came to Mathura and that got him really close. Yeah. Then he was able to sneak back in. Okay, Kolodip. Uh, I, th I think already Mataji explained very nicely. If you know more, please say more. Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing that, so the gopis, they also went there to meet Krishna, but 
again, they did not feel that same ecstasy what they experienced in Sri Vrindavan Dham. So that's why these, because Krishna was dressed as a prince there, he was a, as a king. So that sweetness of Sri Vrindavan Dham was not present in that place. So that's why they were pulling his chariot and they are thinking or they are pretending that we are taking Krishna from this opulent status to the status of sweetness which is present only in Sri Vrindavan Dham. And that, that the verse we actually, you know, quote. Yeah. Very good. Now we're getting somewhere. And in this mood of separation, who first expressed it at Rathyatra in a, in a song? And what was the song that the person who sang it expressed at Rathyatra? Someone you know sang it. <laughs> And what was the song? What was it about? And what did it mean in relationship to what Kuladeep Prabhu just said? Okay. Um, I think you're referring to when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sang a kind of like materialistic song. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was about two lovers who were like separated or something like that. And everyone was very confused because it was like a popular song or something. And like, why is he singing this? Interestingly, they weren't separated. Interestingly, they were together. But the lover, the woman, she's remembering a time when actually they weren't married before. She said, under those circumstances, it was spontaneous and there was moonlight. And I remember how it was and that feeling, I want that again, like that. You're right, keep going. But I just wanted to correct that one part. Yes. Yeah, uh, and then I think... Swarup Damodar was the person who actually understood Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mood in singing the song. So, Definitely. And who else understood it? Now, I'll give you a hint. Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishnam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantakam You're on the hot seat for a minute here. Don't give the mic away. So, what's that verse about that we just sang? Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishnam. What's Mano? Be mind or? Yeah. Okay. And Mano Bhishnam means that Rupa Goswami knew the mind of Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So how did he demonstrate that he knew the mind of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Let's have somebody who wants to say. Okay. Yes. Halayuda. So Rupa Goswami, he composed a verse in reference to the song that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sang. Um, and he actually wrote it, I believe, on a leaf, and he left it in the, the place he was staying. And then Mahaprabhu had come by the same place, saw the leaf, read the, the verse, and said, who knew that? Like, who knew exactly what my mind was at? And it was Rupa Goswami. And the verse, the verse that I was referring to and, and that Rupa Goswami wrote is the one that we sing after Jagannath Ashikam, the Priya Soyam Krishna. And we sing both of them, don't we? Yeah. We sing two, two verses, and we added two more also. But the two verses we sing, one of them is the song that comes just from off the radio. There's no radio at that time, but it's sort of like that. It was like a, a song that would say, you know, about lovers talking about their love and, and remembering in a melancholy way, thinking back to it. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sang that at Rathyatra, right? And then the other verse we sing is the parallel verse written by whom? Give you a clue, we were just talking about him two seconds ago. Everyone say, Rupa Goswami. Rupa Goswami. 
So Surup Damodar Rathyatra understood what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was doing and why he was doing it, and Rupa Goswami also understood it. That's why he wrote a parallel verse about it. This is really the inner workings of the Rathyatra. And there's two other verses that we've added onto the list. We could add more, as you know. But these two are very important because they have a lot to do with the mindset of the gopis when they're in Kurukshetra and when they meet Krishna after so long. And do, do you, does everyone know what the two verses are that we, are, that we added on recently? Yeah, so Ahushtate comes last. And what's the one right before that? Ahushtate Nalina Nama Paradavinda as a response to what Krishna says. Go ahead and say it in the mic. I kind of forgot the last two lines, but it's Mai Bhakti Hibutanam Amritatvaya Kalpate Dishta Asin Matsneho. I completely forgot the last two. Okay. So we'll show the verse, then you can see it. So this is Krishna's advice to the gopis when they come to him feeling separation there at Kukshetra. And then the gopis answer, you now you say the other verse. Ahoshchate nalinanabhapadara vindam Yogeshwarair hridivichintya magadha bodhai Samsara kupa patito paranavalambam Geham jusham apimanas yudhiyat sadhana And just give an idea what's behind that. We're going into the, like, the real deeper meanings of the Rathayatra. So it says one thing, but what's the mood of the verse? So, Krishna used speaking it. it to? Sorry? Just say who's speaking it and what their mood is. The gopis are speaking to Krishna because Krishna used his um, usual like technique of trying to give philosophy as a qualm for his for the separation that the gopis are feeling. But the gopis are expressing that, you know, we're just simple cowherd women. Just stop giving us this philosophy and come back and we we just want your we just want your lotus feet to be awakened within our hearts. Yeah, and what's the mood, would you say? Or would you say, according to what Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, what's, what's their mood when they say this? It's a little sarcastic and a little angry. They're sort of miffed with Krishna. And they're saying it, it's like, you know, what are you telling some philosophy to us for? We don't get philosophy. In fact, we don't even get you very much. The, the way you're talking about how God, it's all God's arrangement, and said, you are God, what are you talking about? So that there's a deeper meaning behind the Rathiyatra. And when we know that, when we enter into it, when we know the, the circumstances of it, then we know what Lord Chaitanya's pastimes are and why he's doing it. And then when you go to the Rathiyatra and you sing these songs, and that's what we're going to do. We're, we're just organizing this morning, making sure all the verses are lined up in order. So when we're there, we're going to be singing... Um, the verses that Rupa Goswami wrote, the one that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu chanted off the radio, and then we're also going to sing the verses that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sang in front of Lord Jagannath when he was in front of the cart. Who knows what they are? For 1600 on your SAT. <laughs> hint, they're, they're, they're verses you already know. That's a big hint. 
besides our major pundits in here, who else wants to say or can remember any of them? Kolodeep, go ahead. Oh, you got him over here? Okay, give it a shot before we give it to Kolodeep. Is it Yako Mara Hara? That's, we already talked about. There are other verses that he said when he sees Lord Jagannath. So one verse I recall that Naham Vipranacha Narapatirana Vaishya Nasudra Naham Barinina Kimba Vanastha Yatirva Kintu Pradyan Paramananda Nikhila Paramananda Purnamrita Arthir Gopi Bharta Padakamalair Dasa Dasa Nudasaha Exactly. That's one. What's another one? Yes? The first one is Namo Brahmanya Devaya Namo Brahmana Hitaya Cha Jagat Hitaya Krishnaya Govindaya Namo Namo Everyone knows that verse, right? Namo Brahmanya Devaya Go Brahmana Hitaya Cha Jagat Hitaya Krishnaya Govindaya Namo Namaha That's a nice way to sing it too. So there is another verse, it's famous verse, Jayati Chandrini Vasudevaki Chandrabhava Everyone knows that, right? Say yes. 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 Okay, if you don't know it, you should uh, copy it tonight. You can use your HP copier. And when you wake up in the morning, it's a recommended verse to say right when you first wake up. Jayati jana nivasa devaki janma vado yadavara parishat swar do rir asyana dharma stira chara vijinana susvita shimukena rajapura vanitana arayan kamadeva. One of the first things you can say when you first wake up in the morning. It's a glorification of all the different aspects of Krishna. And Lord Chaitanya said that verse at Rathyatra. If you know more, please say more. Is there any other verses that he said? Jayati Jayati Devo Devaki Nandanosa Jayati Jayati Krishna Krishna Jayati Jayati Krishna Vrishni Vamsha Pradipa Jayati Jayati Megho Megha Shyamala Komalango Jayati Jayati Prithvi Bharanasho Mukunda Yes. So we'll have all these lined up and then we're going to say all these verses together and then we'll also say them in front of the Rathiyatra. You have something? Okay. Okay, for an e extra to get 1650 on your SAT. <laughs> What's the verse that Krishna spoke at Kurukshetra during this time when all the sages were visiting and the gopis were visiting and everyone was there and when, pro when Krishna spoke to all the sages, what's a famous verse that he said that astounded their minds when they heard it? I'll give you a hint. You already know the verse. And it's about people whose mentality is like a cow or an ass. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay, go ahead, Kolodi. I'm just bringing the context up, up yes. so, so we have them all gathered in one group and you know where they're coming from, so then we'll, we'll say them all and we'll learn them all together, and then when we say them, then Lord Jagannath's going to know why we're doing this. He's like, you guys... You went in and read these books, and you figured out what this whole thing's about. And then when we say it, and we know he knows why we're saying it, we're going to feel this really deep connection to Lord Jagannath during the festival. Right? Say yes. Yes. Okay, go ahead, Kolodeep. 
Yasyatmabuddhi kunapeti dhaduke swadhi kalatradeshu bhumu ichadhi Yatirtha buddhi shalile na karhechit janesa avikya susa eva gokhara Perfect. And it's about? Krishna spoke this to the best sages in the whole universe and they were astounded when they heard it and what does it mean? So it says like those persons who consider their body is made of three elements, uh, mucus, bile and air, swadhi kalatradeshu bhoma ichhadi, the expansion of body or the family members are their own or most important person and the place of their birth is worshipable and they go to the holy places to take deep or to associate with the devotees, their mindset is just like go and khara, means like ass and cows, cows and asses, yeah. And the sages said that's the most amazing thing we ever heard. Krishna said that to these very elevated sages. So these verses we're, we'll have uh, to, to sing together. Hey Krishna, can I get an enthusiastic Hare Krishna? <laughs> so that really sets us in the mood for what we're about to present to you all. Uh, just one second till we get the slides up. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Ram Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Arivo. So today we are doing a very special and exciting release of our merch. Um, a few months back, we had the release of our luggage tags, which was a huge hit. We only have a few left, so if any of you are traveling anywhere or just want some luggage tags to put on your ordinary bags that you use, um, you can see myself, Arjun, or Parth later, and we'll get you in touch with how to get them. But today, we're here for a different occasion, and that is to talk about our brand and what we're releasing today. One of main, the main purposes in Youth Jam is to keep the transcendental vibration going. And Narada Muni is a perfect example of this. He's a spiritual spaceman that travels all over the world and different planetary systems and shows everyone the power of the holy name. And as you can see in our logo as well, the Maha Mantra encompasses Narada Muni and he is the main focus of our brand. In that spirit, we'd now like to show you our brand. Can I get a little drum roll? So these are our sweatshirt designs. So these, these hoodies are actually 80% cotton and we tried to get the best quality for everyone. And as you can see in the design here, the front has our Youth Jam text logo and the back has our Narada Muni logo. Whoa, 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 wait. Parth, where'd you get the hoodie from? <laughs> from the website, what do you mean? Wait, but why is it a completely different color than the one that's being shown on? You haven't board? heard? We no. have colors now. Really? Yeah. Very <laughs> bold. So these are all our different colors. So we got a lot of feedback last time when we showed our initial design that a lot of people wanted to choose from different colors. So that's what we worked to get this time. As you can see, there is black, charcoal, heather, navy, pale pink, true royal, and white as well as the charcoal gray that was in the previous slide. All these colors are available in all the different sizes, so you can just choose whatever you want. 
So we also prioritize getting convenience for you guys. So we have toddler, youth, and adult sizing to fit, it, uh, to fit for the entire family. And to make it more convenient, we, our, our hoodies will be delivered to your doorstep at your home. And we ship internationally, so you can send it to your relatives in India. Even in Antarctica. <laughs> and we, we're also giving out a shipping discount that can be up to 60% off on the shipping if you order multiple hoodies at, a, at the same order. But that's not all. We're also offering a limited time only $29 instead of the 35 So after the program, we'll have some hoodies on the side if you guys would like to check out the sizing or the colors and figure out which ones are the best for you to buy. And um, if you have any questions, we'd love to answer them. Haribo. Haribo. So that is... So that is our release today. Um, and we'd really like to thank our entire team. Um, maybe you guys can come out. Eddie <laughs> So as you can see, um, we have real life in-person models for you today. <laughs> Um, that show the different colors. Um, so please do make sure to order. They are running out fast. I'm not joking about that. So please do order um, as soon as you can. Scan the QR code. And we'd also like to thank Maraj and Nirakula Mathaji, who were the pillars of support behind all of our endeavors. Um, and this is our humble offering to all of you and to Prabhupada and our deities. Haribo. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> we can also pray for cold weather. Those are good looking hoodies. That was a really good presentation. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you for that word from our sponsor. And now we're going back to our regularly scheduled program. And what we find here, actually it's in, these are the two verses that we talked about earlier. Only the one that was spoken first is the one on the bottom, which is the secular song. And then on top, we have the verse that Rupa Goswami wrote. And we have them ordered like that because of the tune, right? Because... Normally, we're going right from the Jagannath Ashtakam, and so we go right into this tune, which is at the top. How do you all feel about this uh, earlier discussion we had about the Rathiyatra? And what are some of your impressions? Just of the discussion and uh, anything that you heard, or the intentionality of discussing it, and the remembrance of the verses and so forth. Just some perspective or feelings that you have about it. it can be very objective but it'd be nice to hear yes Balaram. i was reflecting on how it's very interesting that a pastime that is so deep with such deep emotions and 
intimate emotions that the gopis have for Krishna, that Mahaprabhu has for Jagannath, it's, it's part of a public festival. That's, it's probably the only festival where we go out on the streets um, and take the deities out. And I find that very interesting. Maybe it's also a question, why, why is that the case? Why is it like the main public festival that we have? Why is that the one with like the most deep emotions? Why is it? I was, like, I was thinking about that, and I was like, oh. maybe, I don't know why, why that's the case. Well, Lord Jagannath's Patita Pavana, and it's that he has this uh, sense of wanting to share it with everybody. During the Rathiatra, there's that mood. During the year, only certain people can come in. It's really an odd, an oddity, but the oddity gets even deeper when, during the Rathiatra, they'll invite everybody to come up. And it doesn't matter who you are, they can bring you up on the cart, have you embrace Jagannath and so forth. Especially at the end of the Rathiatra, they just stop and Jagannath actually stays on his cart overnight before he goes in the Gudicha. So a lot of people come and they just pour out mercy. Tis his mood of giving that out. Any other thoughts? Yes, Prabhu. Maharaj, um, I was hearing from my Guru Maharaj that in spiritual world, every day is a festival. So when I see Radhayatras, like it's like a, these are golden moments in my life. You know, I think, you know, especially especially the festivals like Janmashtami and Mahaprabhu's appearance day, Eli Radhayatra, you know, maybe San Francisco Radhayatra. These are special days, and these days are meant to be joyous, you know. There is so much pain and agony in this material world, but when I see these days coming in, my mind automatically feels joy. You know, the pain and uh, there's so much pain we go in material life. I don't see that when I, you know, when I foresee these days in my mind. So true, isn't it? Festivals that we have, I mean, festivals anywhere in Krishna consciousness. They're so absorbing and exciting. Festivals that we've here, had here over the years, where everyone comes and we get to do service all day long, hear and chant. Some devotees are out parking cars. But everyone's pulled into the vortex of the transcendental energy. It's very powerful. Yeah. Okay, we just have a few more minutes. Yes, please. Uh, when Balram was mentioning this uh, this thing about such a deep festival being so open, mm. I was thinking that even at the same time when Krishna was there in Kurukshetra himself during speaking Bhagavad Gita, during the whole Mahabharat, he interacted with so many people, but um, there was it was only his devotees that were able to really relish him for who he was. It was like it was like this really massive open secret because. Bhagavan was there right in front of everybody, but um, very, there were a select few that were able to really take advantage of his presence because they understood who he was. And I was thinking at the same time that in this case of trying to understand Radharani's feeling towards Krishna, I was thinking of the, the phrase that Prabhupada quoted a lot of Rupa Raghunata Pade Hoyebe Akuti Kabehama Bhucha Bose Jugal Piriti that to understand the love between Radharani and Krishna, it's impossible without the writings of Rupa and Raghunath. And that 
the work of Rupa Goswami, Raghunath Das Goswami is so readily available for everybody. It's not a, it's not like Rupa Goswami wrote the book and said, okay, you know, I'm not going to share it with anyone. And it's so easy to take advantage of, and just by simply taking advantage of it, uh, one can very, very easily enter much more deeply into into what seems like a op- such a seemingly seemingly very simple festival of pulling Krishna on a on a cart from one from A to B. Thank you. Okay, we have a few more minutes. Uh, yes, Prabhu, Shai Madhava. So. And then we just want to hear also how everything's going in your life. After this more esoteric thing, it's good to compare notes, see how we're all doing, what's your realization about your practice of Krishna consciousness in comparison to the world, and how, th- how it's all mixing up. Shraya, please go ahead. Hare Krishna Maharaj. I don't know if I'm right or not, but uh, I will just make a guess. Um, is, uh, is this Rathyatra the the union of Radharani and um, Krishna happening in the Kurukshetra and this what is depicted in this verse. Is is this like also the Sambhoga and the Vipralamba Bhav they are trying to show there? Radharani is showing the you know the Vipralamba Bhav that how is she because there was a union when they were in Vrindavan and she's remembering that. Because now there is a separation, but she's remembering that so there is a Sambhoga there and from that She's, she's sort of, you know, releasing that Vipralamba Bhav, Krishna. Yes, and it's happening at a time when they're together. That's the meaning of the verse, of the two verses. Why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was saying, the, the first, they're, they're there together, but she's saying it's not the same. So she's, Although Krishna's right in front of her, and they're there together, she's like, I feel separation from the way it used to be in Vrindavan. You have to come to Vrindavan. Because Krishna is fully Krishna in Vrindavan. And the mood of, the casual mood of Vrindavan, the opulence, there's a discussion of that in the Chaitanya Charnamita. The very apparently simple surroundings everywhere. As the, the Vrindavan of Sarup Damodar is composed to, compared to Srivas Thakur, they're comparing notes. Uh, the opulence of Vaikuntha compared to the opulence of Vrindavan. So Radharani wants, is feeling like, okay, I'm, feeling, I'm here with you now, but I'm feeling separation because we have to have it in the, in the milieu of Vrindavan in order for me to feel the, 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 com, the complete sambhog or coming together. So how's everybody doing in your life? Any complaints? Huh? Lots? (laughs) Or something? Yes. And also I'd like to appreciate Eka Chakra Pran Prabhu for his very uh, devotional musicianship. It really adds a, a special element. Thank you. Thank you, Guru Maharaj. Um, as far as the Rathiyatra discussion, it makes me realize that I'm just scratching the surface. And I feel like no matter how deep I get into the philosophy, I'm always just scratching the surface. It seems to be unlimitedly deep and always something new to learn and to hear and to experience. And then I'm thinking about my own life in a similar way. 
I feel like I'm just scratching the surface with this community. Um, I'm, about one year ago, I wanted to move here, but I had no idea how it was gonna happen. And since then, Krishna made these unbelievable arrangements to make it so effortless to come here. And I see everything that's going on here, and I feel like we're just scratching the surface, and there's unlimited potential in this community to spread Krishna consciousness. I see all the youth, and it's just unbelievable how dedicated you all are and how learned you all are. I'm just so happy to be here, and I, I just can't thank you enough for welcoming me into your community. Haribo! What about those complaints? <laughs> you know, there's a, a passage in one of Prabhupada's books. It's one of the small books. I'm trying to remember which one it was. I have it on my hard drive. But he says one of the ways that you can pray to Krishna is by telling him how you're being tossed in the ocean of material existence. After all, if you're going to complain, you might as well complain to Krishna because nobody else can do much about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can appreciate that. I was once having a, a really, uh, there was a kind of an existential crisis going on. And uh, I met one of my very senior God brothers. I was in Vrindavan and I was, I was just really tense inside about a situation that was going on. And uh, so I told him about it because he's been around longer than me. He's seen it all. And he, he held my hand, and uh, I told him the whole thing. He goes, it's a cruel, it's a cruel world. And he, <laughs> and he walked away. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, what else is he going to say? Um, you know, I was just realizing, like, you want to tell Krishna, you can tell him, and there's a sense that, well, he knows what it is, and also as Keshav Krishna Prabhu was reading this morning from Niranjana Swami's writings during the pandemic, he wrote a book called The Nectar of Lockdown, and <laughs> in it he was talking about Krishna as a chess player and how far ahead he is in moves, and we may take all these idea, all these instances in our life as, oh no, that's it, I'm finished, but actually it turns out when you get to the end of the board or halfway through, it's like, oh, I see. That's how the move was ma made. I wouldn't have been able to make it to this point without that. And I always appreciate Kardamamuni and his soft-heartedness and the way he just put his life in Krishna's hands. When he met Lord Narayan, he just said, here's my situation. And then Lord Narayan said, yeah, I, I know. And I, I, he felt so compassionate for his devotee that he shed a tear there. Imagine that. He comes there and he sees his devotee so sincerely trying and practicing that he shed a tear. And now there's that sarovar there where that grew from the tear of, of Lord Narayan. So just uh, saying it to Krishna, like, this is what's happening with me. This is what's going on. Okay, what else? How are you doing in your life? What are you realizing? You're in the human form of life. We're here just passing through. So what are you seeing, hearing, learning from your experience? Okay, Avantika. Yesterday in Youth Jam, we were reading about how in the Krishna book, when during Krishna's name-giving ceremony, it talked about when 
Gargamani entered Nanda Maharaj's home. He was being treated like the Supreme Personality of Godhead and went into a lot of description about how they were treating him and welcoming him in. And I was reminded of the signs of self-realization at the beginning when Mrs. Nixon is interviewing Shula Prabhupada, she asks him a question such as, why are you the founder Acharya of ISKCON? Why are your disciples giving you a golden car? And she seemed to be digging up some scandal that wasn't there. And Prabhupada so simply and straightforwardly just explained how the guru should be treated like the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They're their representative. And I was just um, awestruck in that moment, being reminded of the SSR and how how the Vedic culture sets such a good example of how we should be treating others, and there's no more to it than what it is. Thank you very much. Nice. <laughs> Can't see who that is. You're hidden. Oh, there you are. Okay. Well, you were, well, you were just uh, discussing about material problems and things like that. It reminded me of a story. I might be remembering it wrong, but in uh, Indudhuna Maharaj's diary, he wrote that one time after a while, after a long time of separation from Russia, he went there again, and he saw that there were a lot less devotees than he previously remembered. So he asked a devotee, what's going on? Why are there so many less devotees here? And I think the response was that, oh, Russia became better, or their good times now mm. happen. So a lot of devotees kind of gave up on uh, Krishna consciousness. So that kind of reminded me that Krishna shouldn't be used as like a coping me mechanism. It should be we shouldn't forget the goal of Krishna consciousness, which is Krishna Prem, so. Yeah, I remember that era. I mean, in the beginning in Russia, because everybody was held back, it was a capital crime to preach there. And some devotees risked their lives to go there, including Devamrita Swami, to smuggle in books and teach Krishna consciousness. And some of the devotees there, when they got a hold of the books, they would, they started, what were highly illegal copying practices. And we would take for granted now we have parking lot full of books and we openly pack them, we openly distribute them. Hardly anybody ever says anything to us. But over there, it was punishable by imprisonment, torture, death, and some devotees were tortured by, because they, they were so convicted that they kept distributing books there and then perestroika came and things loosened up with Gorbachev and then it became, at first, when everyone had the opportunity in Russia to take whatever they wanted, there was a mad rush to get the books. And there are descriptions of some devotees there of how working in the mines. They didn't earn that much, but they would spend a quarter of a year's salary just to get a, a little set of books because it was so valuable to them. And then gradually, as the, the standard of living increased, then people forgot. And they thought, oh, it's okay. In fact, I'll tell you another statistic that goes along with this abide in uh, prisons. I have one disciple in prison, Balavan Nitai had to initiate him in the prison. You all know the story, I think. But he's in for life with no possibility of parole. So the devotees were telling me in the prison ministry, he's got a better chance than most of 
being fully Krishna conscious because he said, and I've, wit I've seen this myself in corresponding with prisoners, that they may be very sincere and enthusiastic, but as soon as they get out, and the, all the prison ministry people have been there a lot longer than I've had any con uh, connection with it, they t said once they get out, the, the rate of survival is zero. <laughs> But uh, that reminds us of Haridas Thakur. When he got thrown in jail for chanting Hare Krishna, and all the prisoners came over and said, wow, we have a sadhu in here. And he said, I bless you, stay as you are. And they said, what are you talking about? We're in jail. And he said, no, no, not like that. Stay in this mood of appreciating that this is the rarest of rare opportunities, and you may never get it again. And See, that's a nice point you brought up. Very good. A couple more? Summertime, we could stay all night. Yes. Hey, Krishna. I was uh, reflecting on something that my friend told me recently, and her practice is that um, almost every day she'll make sure to write a letter to Krishna, whether that it's like um, on a piece of paper or on her phone, um, and it's just like capturing everything that happened in her day or whatever thoughts that are going on mm. in her mind. And she shared some of her notes with me, and I was very touched by how personal and special her relationship with Krishna was because it was as if she was speaking to her best friend or like every detail was included in it. And so I tried that practice this week, not in exact ways that she was doing it, but in other ways, just like whether it was talking to Krishna or showing him like, my computer screen and like the grade I got for a test and it just felt really like special it, because oftentimes I feel like I take it for granted um, and I only turn to Krishna when I'm going through something really difficult in my life um, but this week just being able to turn to him for the big and little things is really exciting in a way and kind of something that I was looking forward to every day to that's do. nice that's very nice Shreshwari Leela um, when you were answering Balram's question, you were talking about Patit Pavan Jagannath. And um, I was thinking that I just, uh, I don't know if I heard this in a lecture, but I just thought that Jagannath, when we have his darshan, when he's coming out, you know, to board his ruts, the, f the thing we can see is, a, is his big eyes. And um, as they say, like, uh, the face is the index of the mind and the eyes is the index of the heart. So I was just thinking that Jagannath's, like Krishna in the form of Jagannath, showing his heart, his big eyes, is how Patit Pavan, how merciful he is. We felt that when we were in Jagannath Puri. Recently we had a big Harinam program right outside of the Patita Pavana Jagannath Darshan area. And it was really uh, ecstatic being out there and having him watch us do the Harinam. Is very special and I resonate with your point about seeing his big eyes and feeling that heartfelt energy that he was giving us I really won't go all night I was just kidding in case anybody's freaking out okay go ahead Hare Krishna so since um, you were mentioning about the summer uh, I was remembering yesterday we were at the we, we tried a new location uh, which is New India Bazaar in Milpitas. So um, this was suggested by Govind Prabhu. And um, when we went there, 
there is no place to set up the table uh, in the sense it's all lot of sun it's really hot so we were thinking uh, that nobody will stop to make a discussion devotees not worried about that they will be in the sun but generally people don't stop if there is no shade so um, but somehow we got started and um, and um, um, we we tried to set up something. We tried to talk to people. We tried to take permission. It was really slow. And uh, suddenly we saw Nitai Kirtan Bihari Prabhu from nowhere. He was doing shopping there for groceries. <laughs> and then he said, "Oh, we 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 happily ran to him because we were struggling." Then he said, "Oh, here spot. No worries. I know these people." And then um, <laughs> then. <laughs> And then when we went inside with him, there was some change of the manager there and there were some new people there and they were like, oh, you guys, yeah, let me come out two minutes. And they they came out, they gave us a very nice spot. They said, oh, you want to stay in shade? They, they made two rounds and maybe you stay here. But they finally we set it up. And then um, we were trying to distribute slowly, slowly. One, one set was done, and it was really, really hot. I don't know what was the temperature. Some of us had hats, but not everybody. And uh, devotees were, you know, the sweat was dripping down. And uh, there were some, a um, lot of people were doing shopping for uh, groceries because it's a grocery shop. And then there were some people lined up for uh, sugarcane juice and uh, fresh uh, orange juice. And there was fresh hot jalebi. I don't know how people were having. <laughs> so it was like, a, uh, how do we stop them? You know, we were all meditating and we were praying. And um, I was thinking, I got some water. I'll offer water to the devotees. And then suddenly this um, girl, she comes with the fresh, fresh squeezed oranges for all the devotees and she with the straw and the cup and she offers to everybody she said please you know and she got those square plastic boxes for us to sit you please sit you have this and you know maybe take some rest and uh, we were like wow that's so nice of you and uh, it turns out that there are three sisters they are from Kurukshetra they're working there uh, in that shop and um, uh, as they brought the juice, everybody was, you know, devotees very happy sipping the juice. And they started showing their phone. They had gone for Vrindavan Yatra. They, they go every time they visit. They, every time they go back to home, they go to Vrindavan. So they started showing uh, the pictures of Radha Raman, Banke Vihari, Govardhan, and all the Kirtans there. And it was like everybody forgot it was hot. We were all in Vrindavan and we were watching all these videos and pictures they took there and all their yatra. And it felt like a cool breeze and um, it was very, very welcoming. And um, meeting devotees is very special, you know, of all that uh, atmosphere. So started with meeting Thai Kirtan Prabhu, then these devotees from Kurukshetra. And then uh, it felt so much energy after that, and a lot of uh, some of the people, very nice people we met, and we were able to distribute nine uh, Bhagavatam sets over there. And uh, donation was also a little over 1,000, uh, some still pending. But uh, uh, the point is that, uh, yeah, meeting, meeting the devotees made all the difference in yesterday's Yatra. Thank Well, it's been a great week, nice weekend, and I've been thinking 
somebody mentioned to me that why don't we have a yatra in Vrindavan sometime? I've been trying to figure that out. Because, was that you? Who said, who was telling me? Maybe it was uh, Hansapriya. Who? Shamalungi? Okay, Shamalungi, thank you. I really want to go to Vrindavan, go with everybody to Vrindavan. It'd be really nice. I'm just trying to figure out when we do that. Because in December, we could do it, but it's really cold and foggy. I don't mind, but it, it's it's a little harder f flying and, you know, you don't care? It'd be really ecstatic. Uh, the last time we did a yatra in Vrindavan, usually I go to Vrindavan during Kartik and I just go to Govardhan as soon as possible and just stay there. It's my nature. But Divyanam Prabhu got me moving more because he said, can we just have... You do five days of yatra in Vrindavan before you go to your little perch over there? And I said, oh, all right. And I had such an ecstatic time. We went around with the devotees there to Nandagram and to Varshana. And uh, we went through Vrindavan and we went to Madan Mohan. It's just so many beautiful memories being there with the whole group and sun was coming up at Madan Mohan and we were having bhajans there. And just being in the atmosphere of Vrindavan together was uh, super nice. So I'm just thinking if we can pray to Krishna that we can all go to Vrindavan and have some yatras there. You all just have to figure out what time you want to go and we'll plan ahead for it. Lord Chaitanya said that should always live in Vrindavan. And if you can't be there physically, you should live there within your heart and mind and always think of it and remember it. So it's good to make a relationship and be there as much as possible when we can. Dear Srila Prabhupada, Dear Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Sri Sri Panchatattva, Sri Sri Gornitai, Sri Sri Radha Madan Mohan, Sri Sri Lakshmi Shingadev, if you so desire, please transport us all to Sri Vrindavan Dham, so we can hear and chant at your lotus feet there, and see Jamuna and Govardhan Hill. Please also help us to smash our 3,000. <laughs> please help us beat Pune, and please help us all get the 34. Thank you for considering our request. Om Tat Sat. Everyone agrees with these prayers in whole or in part. Please unmute and say Hare Krishna. Panchakopta Rishcha, Kripasan Vibhcha, Titanam Hamyu. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna.